everybody and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in Renewal Part 7. It feels like it has been so much longer than a week since we all last played. Today is March 30th, 2020 and you are loved. And that is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of our viewers, listeners, what have you at the beginning of each and every single one of our games. If this is your first time hearing this message from us and you would like to hear more of it or would like to check out more of our games, consider then going to youtube.com slash indoor adventures where you can catch up on all of the VODs. Or if you are more of an audiocast inclined person, consider going to anywhere audiocasts are made available for free. And you can find us there under the same moniker. JD, thank you for the sub. 19 months. What a trip. Uh, if you would also like to help support the show, there's always Twitch, YouTube support, or, hey, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash indooradventures, you can gain access to our after show called Nights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. And for the next foreseeable future, at least until all of this whole, you know, virus thing gets taken care of, all of our after shows are going to be made available for free. So if there are any questions that you would like to receive an answer to, you can check that out on our Patreon. Also, if there, uh, if you already support us via Twitch, Patreon, YouTube, AudioCasts, what have you, consider then going to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice. We got t-shirts, we got mugs, we got posters, throw pillows, shower curtains. We got all sorts of things that you can then outfit your home with uh, or office, wherever. It's a good time. Uh, other than that, that is it for my opening spiel. So, hey, RJ, who are you playing tonight? Hey, everybody, I'm RJ here, but I'll be playing Kalem, the Shatterkai Wizard Cleric. Hi, I'm LB Hackamup, and I almost forgot it was my turn second. I'll be playing Gwen, the Halfling Barbarian Fighter. Hi! I'm Cyber. I play Arjun, the Draconian Blood Hunter Fighter. I'm Wings, also known as Danae Keener, and I'm playing as Coriander, the Elgin Paladin. And I am the Indoor Adventurer, and tonight I shall be your Dungeon Master. So, let's give a recap. Last we left off, at the direction of Head Beautician Skip, the four keeps traveled into the tunnels of what were now un uh, of what are now under the control of the Keshen Trade Company. Coming face to face with a formidable tunneling machine, our heroes were able to successfully thwart the advances of the Keshen, but not before one of the Goblin Tunnel Masters were able to run away through the darkness away from our party. After a cave-in caused by the explosive force of the Sunforger, our heroes were forced to find another means of reaching the surface and instead of opting to uh, instead opting to go into a series of tunnels that would eventually lead them into the sewers beneath the city streets the four keeps then met up with their alchemical companions oliver myra lauren a uh an employee of the four keeps adventuring party as well as myro's dear friend a kenku companion named dren uh, who was able to then direct them to a sewer grate towards the base of the open field that leads to the botanical gardens of the former ruler and namesake of the island uh, as you reached this uh, sewer grate and kind of popped it up all of you looking out uh, you could see that the 
lush grass fields did not survive the harsh winter, and at the front gate of the botanical garden there stand two imposing figures, one on either side of the wrought iron gate that leads you to your goal. So that is where we are going to be picking up. You are all just sort of like peeking out. Uh, before the show started, I made the comparison of the movie cover of the uh, live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie of just people kind of peeking. So that is where we are picking up. Uh, what would you guys like to do? So we can see the botanical garden. You can see, you can see the botanical garden. Uh, the entryway is several hundred feet away at this point, and you can also see that there are the uh, two imposing figures. Uh, what about the others? Like, on the... What is between us and them? Uh, a large field. There... Uh, any other Keshen... There or... don't seem to be any other Keshin or any other opposing forces that are in this field. It just seems rather that these two are standing guard outside in case something would happen. However, what you're kind of gathering from the Keshin themselves is that they feel very comfortable uh, in their current takeover of the Isle of Arask. And this is more for... In the same way, you would have guards posted even in friendly territory just in case these two have kind of been set up as a just-in-case kind of method. Is there a non-direct path there where we can approach without being seen? At this point, because it is very early in the day uh sunrise is still happening you feel like if there if you had waited until sunset or there was some other kind of obfuscation uh you would be able to find another means but right now looking up where this is there would be no real sneaky path to get in that wouldn't that wouldn't alert these two figures to see a group of travelers emerging from the sewer right uh but if we wanted to make it so that we were not several hundred feet away whenever we alert them is there a way that we could do that i would say yes but you just wouldn't be able to take this particular sewer grate you would have to double back uh find a different one uh, emerge out of that and then kind of uh, be a little bit more stealthy leading up to it or leading up to the garden itself uh, again this so the botanical garden rests at the edge of a precipice uh, it's sort of a uh, outcropping of land that emerges from the city and goes up the only thing in this general area is this botanical garden All right, Caleb, put him to sleep. At the bottom of the sewer, he like lights, like arcane power flows up to his hand. It's like, I don't have that spell, but loud. No. So no. No, no. no. Can you make us invisible? Checking spell sheet. Did I pick up invisibility? No. 
Can you turn us into an animal? Next level. If we do wait for nightfall, maybe I could stick T-Can through a grate to keep eyes on the guards to see if how long it takes for them to change shifts. At the very least, we can create an opening there. Could we, we use have time? Yeah. Can we use T-Can as a distraction? I like her very much, but I could use one of the other two. Because that would be a quiet distraction. I could get Grayskull if I can do that thing again. I think that would raise alert, though, if something yeah. big and hulking were to give well, me ten minutes. It would be, like, spooky. Like, he'd look like a ghost. Make a distraction. No, 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 no. We don't need that kind of distraction. Like a small distraction. Like when you roll a, a ball in front of someone and they look down at it and then you snap their neck from behind. Just a small fire. Nope. No fireballs. Give me ten minutes. I can get one of the two to come out. What are you going to do? Uh, send one of my little guys over there. Uh, see if they can't Give him the runaround, we slip in. I could dress up like a child and pretend like I lost my mom. As you emerge from a sewer grate. I would be really lost. No, okay, that's a bad idea. Okay, so uh, only way to get from here to there is this goddamn field or we go back down and we find another sewer grate that lets us out closer to it. Right? Right. So what do we want to do? Honestly, I'm okay with a direct assault. I feel like that's not a good idea. It's not. Okay. Well, we well, <laughs> at least we check that off. So, how long, wait, how far is it how, between us and them? You are muted. I would say it's about 200 feet. 200 feet, okay. <sighs> how Kilmel, fast can he fly? Kilm will quietly scale the ladder and poke his head up. I can fly about as fast as I can walk. I don't know if the DM ever specified. It was originally supposed to be 20 feet, but meh. I mean, I could get us in. How? It's just going to be very complex. I can use my dimension door spell with each of us in turn. It's just going to be a bit of a burden. How far can that get us? 500 feet. Okay. So, what if we... What, Corey? How many people can you take at a time? One at a time. So I'm going to have to use a dimension door in, dimension door out, dimension door in, dimension door out. Or... Or just do that with one person. Take care of the situation. Do that silence spell up? 
I'm learning magic. You did that thing that, that someone did that to us where you can, like, nobody can make a noise in an area. No, I don't have that equipped. Uh, but. Corey? Ever, I don't think. So if Corey and I go, Corey smites the one on the left, I take the one on the right. We at, look at it? The, at the very least, as long as you can get in between them and the door so that they can't immediately call out for reinforcements. I can do that. When the reinforcements come from the streets, too? It's far enough away. It's the outskirts of town. Is that correct, DM? It is. Okay, cool. So you guys start the assault. We'll book it in there. Hopefully you guys just take care of them right away. But you have to be stealthy and you have to hit them hard when you hit them. Okay? As long as you surprise them. Get a round in before they do. A row. It's called a row. A row. Okay. I think that's the actual act of the conflict, not the... <laughs> Caitlin puts a hand on Corey's shoulder whenever you're ready. First of all, She's going to put a hand on Gwen's shoulder and give her 35 hit points of lay on hands. Oh. Well, thanks. You didn't have to do that, but I appreciate it. I didn't have to, but we're good friends. Yes, we are. Was that a question? Was that in question? No. Oh, good. Okay. I'm just saying, friends do this kind of thing for each other. No, nothing's in question. (laughs) Caleb, are you ready? Arjan, are you ready? Yes. Uh, I'm going to cat put up an aura as soon as Caitlin uh, casts divine or uh, dimension God, door. Dimension door. God damn. Uh, okay, I'm gonna specify the dimension door to be behind them. Okay. Sounds <sighs> good. Um. So, let us see. How far away are you doing? Like, immediately behind them? Uh, if there's space, yeah. Okay. One of them doesn't notice. He's mine. <laughs> but the other kind of, like, turns and looks at your, uh, turns and looks at the two of you as you just pop into existence. Uh, you will get a surprise round before they're able to do anything because they weren't expecting... Two elves to just show up? No one expects the Elven Inquisition. (laughs) (laughs) We have the... Oh god, I was about to say Elven of Surprise. The Eladrin of Surprise. I wouldn't give give inspiration for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Initiative. Initiative. Okay. Initiatizing. Initiatizing. Uh, I got a 16. I got a 14. Oh. Yes, we took a short rest at some point. The two of you had taken long rests. Yeah. Previously. Uh, Arjan and Gwen had not. Right. Which is why she got a lay on hands. And then Corey and Caleb, what did you guys get? Uh, Corey got a 14, I got a 16. Okay, so Caleb, you were up first. Cool. Le- Nevermore life hunt overcharged. 
on the surprise on the person who hasn't noticed. Okay. So that's advantage. Uh, surprise doesn't give advantage. It is just that you get a full round before then they get to act. Cool. Isn't okay. he unaware of him? Or is that just a rogue thing? That is a rogue thing. Okay. Uh, 17 to hit? Uh, oh, wait, no. 17. 18. There you go. Nice. Yes, yeah, 18 hits. Cool. Uh, that is... Brr. Lots of math. Uh... Uh, 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 sorry, just getting this in order. Uh, 45 points of... What was this? Psychic damage? Okay, yeah, they go down. Very quickly does this individual go down. All right. It's the animation for uh, the Dark Hand from Dark Souls 3. Just... Taunt. Grab him in the face, push him to the ground as, like dark magic seeps up his hand and red threads appear okay uh, next up Corey. i'm gonna face step behind him we're already um, behind them yeah okay so i'm gonna face step to the front of him as he's turning around to see what's behind him <laughs> okay <laughs> i i just want to give this get this extra damage just in case um so uh three fire damage for him uh and then sure. i attack Ooh, um, twenty six to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. All right, second level smite. Um, I have to remember which weapon I'm using. Sorry, I have two different things written here. Yes. Okay. Uh, eleven slashing damage. Ah, oh, minimum. Uh. And then two radiant damage. Is he still up? He is. Okay. And second attack. 19 to hit. That also hits. Um, 10 slashing damage. And another second level smite. Okay. Are you not first to me? I didn't roll my extra dice last time. Uh, 2, 4, 12... 16 slashing damage. That is exactly or what you needed. Damage. Holy fuck. Okay. It's a good thing I face-stepped then. Yes. So, Arjan, you and Gwen see the two elves just disappear through this dimension door, reappear on the other side of these guards standing outside of the botanical garden, and within a matter of seconds, both of them go down. Your elf companions are standing there, kind of making a motion towards you yep uh, we run we, are there yeah. some we, we run bushes to... yeah Sorry. we uh gwen stays as low to the ground as she is she just kind of like hunches a little bit and just like starts booking it okay 65 feet or 70 feet of movement every six seconds she's just is there any place close by where we can stash the bodies Make no, a no. investigation check. Like bushes. Uh, investigation is a... 16. 16? Uh, yeah, I would say that you are able to find some, uh, 
you are able to find some like bush shrub area a lot of it doesn't have the leaves uh that it would typically have again it they didn't survive it's, the harsh winter that the isle ended up having, but it is at least a space that is away from where they originally were that you can then kind of shuffle them off to the side. These two are heavy. They are effectively Goliath-sized. Um, they were large figures. Chances are you would probably have to wait for Gwen to get up towards where you were to actually move them. Uh, if you would like, you can make a history check uh, or a nature check to identify these. Should we make a stealth check as we're running around? Or is it is there no one around? At this point, uh, you don't see anyone. It seems like the guards were the only ones actually like paying attention towards the outside. Mm-hmm. Dirty 20 for history. Okay, so with a dirty 20, you would recognize the uh, the kind of figure that these were as Orogs. Uh, these are actually tougher than, uh, tougher, smarter, and a little bit stronger than your average orc, uh, which would probably be the reason as to why they were stationed outside of the botanical gardens. Cool. Uh, can I pat them down then for like sets of keys that they would use to get in and out of the building. Okay. Uh, you do end up finding uh, a set of keys on one of them that uh, would then, uh, it looks like it actually functions for the gate uh, that you then uh, can use to then get inside of the garden itself. The gate was already open as it was during the daytime. Uh, but at this point, if you would like, you can shut the gate and then close it. And lock it. Yeah. That's good. Okay, That's so your group has made it past the gate in the botanical garden. This doorway has fallen today. Hey, guys. Should we stand them up so they look like they're still standing? Or should we hide them? Which would be more suspicious if there are no guards there or if they're there leaning? Honestly, what if a patrol comes by and it's the change of the guards and they spot the dead bodies honestly it'd be fair enough but i mean that still would give us a few seconds true i can't lift them so gwen prop them up yes or it helps prop that was them a up. good idea thank you <laughs> i'll hand gwen some javelins so she can like shove them in the back to keep them like up like some morbid ass puppets I, I'm feeling silly for putting up my aura of vitality. Um, I'm going to top off everybody who's here who d doesn't have uh, max HP, uh, that being Arjan and Gwen. Oh, thanks. Over the next minute <laughs> that this aura is up. Uh, yeah, so I will try, we'll prop them up so they're kind of like leaning back. Uh, why are they wearing like metal armor? Yes, they were actually wearing plate mail. Cool. So I'll just stick the spears up underneath their armor so that their legs are rigid because otherwise they just ragged all down so that they're like kind of like like a V in the back propping them up. Okay. Sounds good. And then tilt the helmet down so it looks like they're like asleep leaning. Make a performance check. All right, Philip. Can, can we assist? Yes. Okay. There you goes all my advantage. I rolled two tens. 
Uh, 11. Okay. Yeah, they look like they are propped up. Uh, if you were trying to convince their boss that they were still showing up to work in a Weekend at Bernie-style adventure, it probably wouldn't work. Uh, but, you know, from a distance, it looks like there are still people standing. And honestly, that's, that's what you're going for. Just take some charcoal and scribble some angry eyebrows on the helmet. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Let's go in quiet. We still don't know who's in there, okay? But we we open the door? Okay. Uh, go in the gate. The door is actually open. And uh, as you'll remember, inside of this botanical garden, there is an entryway that leads into a large chamber. And then that chamber splits off into five different directions. Those of you who can speak Draconic, being Arjan and Kalem, uh, see over each of these five different directions that it says gold, silver, bronze, copper, and brass. Does it say the words or does it say the dragon names? Uh, it would say... It would say the dragon's names, but each one is inlaid in the metal of that color. And the names that you then read are as follows. There is uh, Girak, Nemura, Chaluis, Lareth, and Marim. And that Nemura. is... Namur is the one that we that that was his mate, right? Yes. And so uh that is the room also that Corey you remember. Uh th that was kind of, that was where uh Arath's had taken you into this secret chamber. And so are you all going into I'm assuming you're all going into that room. Yes. All right. Make a stealth check. As each of the halls, lead, there are no doors or anything else that separate these other chambers. They are exposed hallways. Six. Twelve. Four. Oh, I'm just double checking that I... Okay, okay. I haven't rolled a stealth check in a long time, so I don't know if I had to do it at disadvantage or not. I don't. Nine. Okay. Sounds good. <clears throat> and so your group then proceeds into uh, into this chamber. And looking in, this is where, uh, Corey, you had met with Arathsk previously. And the groupings of you who had been here previously, not necessarily in this room, but in the adjacent gardens, remember them being lively and verdant and inside of the bronze room you can see that these temperamental flowers and grasses have not been taken care of in their in their stylings and in the patterns that they had been placed you can see that these birds of paradise the flower, not an actual bird, uh, have all begun to wither and die. Most of them have just not, again, been taken care of. 
and the fig trees that were placed sporadically throughout to kind of create a more lush environment have mostly been chopped down. Uh, the figs themselves sort of plucked and taken away, and this area looks hauntingly barren in comparison to what you are used to. And at the back of this room, through what otherwise would have been a nice canopied walkway uh, that is all just sort of uh, been stripped and torn away, you can see that there is a statue. And this statue is a large bronze statue uh, that is made of a dragon of a similar color. Uh, and you can see that there, uh, where once there was a placard underneath it, the placard has actually been broken and chipped away. Uh, it seems like the Keshen, as they came through, were looking for things of value, things that they could easily gather. And this placard was one of those things. Oh, he's going to be so pissed when he comes back. Ow, Corey, that's my foot. Sorry. I'm just, this is really sad. Uh, I mean, uh, looking around the room, are there any like obvious like break glass in case of blights? <laughs> there are no obvious break glass in case of blights. And Corey, yeah. you remember that the entryway into Arask's chamber uh, was actually on the base of the statue of Nomura. All right. Um, we go there. Okay. Uh, and you don't see any obvious doorways or passages or, like, a lock, anything like that. Um, it just seems like it is kind of this sheer stone face. It's supposed to be here. Like, she's gonna re- Like, it, it, the statue of Nomura, is it her dragon form or a humanoid form? It is a draconic form. Um, she's gonna, like, reach up and, like, put a hand on her forehead, like, open. It is a one-to-one -one scale. Okay, of she's this gonna put dragon. a hand on her, her little, her little claw, her little clawsy and say, open. Release. Can you speak Draconic, Arjan? Yes. Um, that might be. Um, you're doing a great job, Corey, but I'm just thinking we don't have a lot of time. I, I mean, oh, no, uh, certainly right. So Arjan is going to like go around the statue, like looking for any obvious things, and then like sort of under his breath, he's going to say, "Come on, Nemora, you can let us in." And Arjan, as you are looking around. There is a moment where your hand touches against this base and you can see arcane sigils begin to wrap around it and the four of you can hear the sound of stone grinding against stone as uh, a entryway sort of pushes down and then slides off and you can see that there is there are torches that are burning along the side walls but this place looks dust covered it doesn't look like people typically come through here 
uh, or possibly haven't in months. Uh, okay. Good. Let's go down. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a quick listen. I don't hear anything coming from the doors or anything like that. Make a perception check. Okay. Well, no, I'm lucky. Okay. <laughs> uh, 15. Okay. And with your 15... You can hear the sound of metallic boots on stone that seem to be making their way towards your direction. And there seem to be a decent number of them. Oh, shit. Okay, people are coming. All right. Uh, the gate, we locked it, right? You did. They might have keys. Is there a way for me to, like, wedge something into it and, like, full-on Hulk, like, Nod it so that it gives them a little bit of resistance. The wrought iron gate on the outside of the oh. on the outside of the botanical garden. Not there's not one on the inside. No, there were no doors. It was all Solid. just very open hallways. All right, go 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 go. Can you close the door behind us? Uh, number. Can you close the door? There is no response. The door does not close. Uh, conceal, hide. Don't let them in. After we go inside. <laughs> and when... I'm assuming I'm saying that as we go in. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as you go in, there is no sound of stone on stone. Again, it seems like this passageway is staying open. Um, I have something for this. I just have to check how long it takes to do... Wait, do I? Did I not take that? Yes. So, exit strategy. You can <clears throat> cast fly on all of us still? I could. Um, I'm going to have to stay here, though, if I'm going to maintain this. I can cast silent image on the door, or this, to just make it look like it's closed still. Do you have to stay? Yes. It's range concentration, so... What? Can you say that again, Corey? Can you dimension door to us if they break through? Oh yeah, I can. As long as, well... I'd have to guesstimate where you guys are. Okay. Uh, plan B. We book it, get as much distance in between us and them, and hopefully there's more than just a staff in here. Do I know whether or not there is a back exit through here? You do not. Well, you know, if if we do have to fight them, we fight them in the hallway. That way they can't push through. Okay? Right. If I, if I cast plant growth over this doorway, would I be able to make, like, a barrier? I would say yes. There are okay. enough plants here that you could definitely use that to your advantage. All right, nobody's allowed to die today, okay? Hey. Uh, I'm going yes, to- Yes, ma'am. 
I'm going to cast plant growth and um, all of these neglected plants, fig trees and birds of paradise are going to start flourishing and overgrowing and just kind of uh, wrap themselves around the statue of Erast's lover. And it's strangely poetic. Okay. Sounds good. So you have brought about these vines and coiling lashes that are covering this exit way for you all. And you make your, uh, you make your way deeper down this chamber. And when you are going down this, uh, this hallway that you have found yourself in, this small stairwell, you are realizing that the reason why these torches are still burning very much like the torch that Gwen has these are ever burning torches they are here mostly for stylistic purposes in case any visitor that a wrath ends up having or receiving doesn't have dark vision that sort of thing uh, no heat is produced by these torches they just simply are along the sides and as you get down into this small chamber, you can see against one uh, against one wall, uh, there is a desk that has been put up, and it is just a four-cornered room, uh, about 20 feet deep and 25 feet wide. It's it's almost a perfect square, but. Uh, it is more of it is more rectangular in shape, and on one of or and on this desk, you can see that there is the book that you had previously given to Arask. This large tome uh, that was entitled "A Day in the Life of Arask" that was written in a that was written in giant script. Uh, and it just seems to be open and left at a particular place. And in the center of this room, almost in a commanding presence, Corey, you've seen this before, but it is piles and piles, mounds of coinage. And looking at it, the coins rise and divulge in such a way that it almost looks geographical in some way. And looking at this, you realize that these coins are actually in the shape of the Isle of Arathsk. And you can see that there are coins that are actually gently moving across the table as well. And looking at one of them, uh, you see a, uh, as this isn't just the island itself, but it also extends out towards, uh, towards the surrounding waterways with little islands that seem to be dotting. Behind one of these small islands, you see a silver coin uh, that has a moon-like embossment on it. And you are guessing, uh, based off of the layout where you are, that's Olivia's ship. Now, that coin actually represents where Olivia would be in the overall status. And looking at this island, you can see that there are, following towards where the botanical gardens are, 
you see stacked on top of each other very neatly in the area which would be designated as the bronze room there are four tarnished silver coins and you were guessing that that would be you when you were saying something but muted I just said that that was rude. That was not important. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. I take the book. Okay. So you take this large tome and... and uh, well, first off, what page was it on? It was... I would say that this book is roughly... It's it, it is rather stacked. Uh, as far mm -hmm. as it being open, do you read Giant at all? I do not, and I wasn't going to take like that long of a look at it. I was just going to take the book, put it in the back of holding. Okay, yeah, it's, because I don't want the Keshin to get it. Yeah, if they it, follow us in here. It is about three quarters of the way open, and uh, looking at this table as well, uh, you can also see that there are iron coins uh that are also tarnished but they all there is a grouping of about nine of these coins that are making their way towards the bronze room one of them is already set in the bronze room as well kind of in a small corner uh and as you all begin to kind of look around uh for the staff make an investigation check 19 natural 20 11 16 sorry okay so with an 11 arjan you are more uh, still looking at this table and seeing these stacks of gold kind of move and shift. And you're starting to wonder how, like, how does he determine who is worth what coin? I'm trying to learn some, like, hordes person stuff with this. Oh, yeah. There's some definite hordes personing that has happened here. Uh, Gwen while you are looking around uh you're more looking i would say at the there there are no weapons there are there is no armor there is nothing fun in this room except for this very large table and you are more looking at these iron coins that seem to be moving into the bronze room and you see two of them move and then the rest sort of begin to spread out and then one stops and the rest of the coins begin shifting over towards where the one stopped next to uh next to the opening and as these stop you hear a it sounds like distant barking and then there is a sound of a of an explosion that is it doesn't rock the chamber that you're in it's nothing that massive but you can hear a kind of whooshing sound 
uh, as it seems like some sort of effect is happening above. How long are we planning to stay in this one room? There is, is only there this one chamber. Okay. There's You said there's only one chamber? There is only one of these chambers down below. I, do I find the staff? Yes. Corey, you remember uh, where Arask had kept more of these uh, items of import, uh, such as when he had pulled out the crystal boon that he had given you previously, and very easily. Uh, this is something that I feel like Corey would think about or would have thought about quite often for at least a while before things sort of smoothed out between Tarlan and Arjan. Um, you remember where to find this staff and or at least where to go to look for it and you're able to uh, kind of begin searching through and eventually you find this staff. Uh, it's much quicker uh, as again you kind of know where to look. Kalem with your 19 you are looking for the staff. You are doing your best to look for the staff. But there is something else that catches your eye. There is a crystal orb that rests on the actual shelf near where Corey is digging around looking for it. And you recognize the model and make. Uh, not inherently, but you are familiar with this. This thing that is resting on Arath's shelf is a gemery. He'll reach for it and pick it up. Can you see the image inside of it? Yes. And when you see the image inside of it, Stuck in a moment of time, you see a woman wearing a, uh, that has, uh, a cloak made of these dark feathers, hands outstretched towards the sky, wearing this large bone bird-like mask that, again, is in the act of casting something. They are in the process of performing some kind of magical ability. There are others that are there as well that all seem to be lending their aid towards this figure. Make a history check. Player me knows what this is, but Caleb will also know with a 13 plus 19, probably. With a 19 based off of the stories that you've been told, the research that you've done, this crystal orb holds one of the last moments of the Raven Queen before she became the Raven Queen. Kale will pocket it. Firebolt it? Yeah. He'll turn to Arjan and go, It's a gemery from the Sundering. All right, cool. 
Corey, you have found the staff. And the barking sounds much closer now. Guys, we got to do something. I hope Arask doesn't like this room. I'm sorry? What are you trying to do? Oh, it might get a little messy in here if you think about it. What are you going to do? Oh, no, no, no. Fight? Pulls out his spear. Okay, so we're not, like, lighting fireballs in an enclosed environment. Cool. No! Looks to wings. (laughs) Who's wings? Sorry. Hi, I'm wings, and I'm here now. (laughs) Uh, Can I I take this moment to cast false life on myself? Sure. Uh, I'm going to cast aid on the three of us that have the least amount of health. How many of us? Calum, Gwen, and Corey. Sorry, Arjan, but you're a tank. Um... How many oh, shit. are coming? <laughs> Gwen, you saw nine of these tar- uh, tarnished iron coins. Nine? Nine of them. <clears throat> All right, cool. Um, we can take nine if they're coming down the stairs. Uh-huh. Um, guys, I forgot to tell you. Um, I can't rage again. What? What? It's fine. She, she starts running for the door. Back towards the stairs. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and let them funnel in. Okay. Yes. She yeah. runs back a little bit. Increase so we're your, we're gonna uh, meet them as they come out out of the steps. Okay. Yeah. Five. Everyone but uh, Arjan. You hear the sound of heavy footfalls metallic armor plated coming down the stairs and there are several other footfalls that are scrambling behind and there is an almost rhythmic sense to this and As you are all standing in this room, there is a figure that then stands in the doorway. A figure that you recognize. You see a hobgoblin. A hobgoblin who is missing an ear. Looking directly at your group and in a brief moment they scan the room and see your lot and you see a smile and as Korg smiles it is hideous he has scars that split down the center of his face that go down his neck that split along the underside of his cheekbones. And it looks like he has been almost surgically cut open and then put back together. And he says, I knew it would be you. And with a single hand raises and there is another hobgoblin standing behind him. 
and they put a hand towards their mouth and with a staff point it towards your group. Calum, they seem to be casting a magic spell. Counter spell, fourth level. Okay. Let's roll some initiative. Twenty. Who are you, Calum? What are you doing? Thirteen. Uh, 15. Corey, what'd you get? 11. Okay. So, I know that typically we will do our break after a while, but given the current situation, we're going to take our break a little bit early. So, we are going to try and be back in 5 to 10 minutes. So, don't go no place unless it is to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice. Or, if you go to patreon.com slash indooradventures, you can find podcasts for free of an after show that we like to do. That's pretty cool. And we will see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. Hello, everybody. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Oh no, I just need—I just need plants. <laughs> These are Rask's twenty-one secret herbs and spices. I'm a secret herb. Coriander, not Coriander. you. <laughs> All right, so. Before we went to the break, we rolled for initiative. So, uh, you guys are in a small underground enclosure, staring down at one of your older enemies, a figure uh, that you had known at the time as Korg Shattersteel. Uh, Korg Shattersteel is a member of the Keshin Trade Company and currently has a group of followers with him that have cornered you in this area. One of the hobgoblins that he was with attempted to cast a magical spell. Calum, you responded in kind with a counter spell, and now we are going to get into it. So Korg unsheathes his greatsword, and uh, before he grips it with two hands, actually reaches down to a side pocket and says a word in goblinoid under his breath and as he does he uh pops up this small metal aperture that then hovers in place and you see it actually erupts uh into what looks like a shield that then floats directly by him he then takes both of uh he takes his blade in both of his hands and then Korg will uh, also bark something to the rest of the group that is there with him. And as he does this, you can see that there are glowing lines, much in the same way as Gwen, when you enter into a rage, you uh, how your tattoos begin to glow you see that these scar marks along Korg's body also begin to glow in this almost threatening red aura. And that same reddish coloration you can see begin to form in sets of eyes behind him. 
as uh, he uses one of his abilities and then points towards your group. And with that, uh, one of the figures that was lurking in the back then rushes forward up towards, uh, at this point, it would be Arjan and Gwen in front, as you guys had been at the desk and the table, respectively, and then Corey and Calum towards the back. Uh, this figure is then going to rush up towards Arjan, and they are going to pull out a Morning Star uh, and then attack, uh, attempt to attack our dear Draconic boy. And that is a. Oh, lordy, lordy. Forgot to write down one of the other abilities. I was making this, so I have to check real You didn't quick. write it down. It doesn't count. Doesn't count. Pens to paper. We're done. That's a wrap, gang. What, 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 was the, what was the attack roll? The attack roll was... Oh, you're looking up the morning star? No, I'm not looking up a morning star. I'm looking up something that the hobgoblin can do. So yes, so it was and cancels down, young man. Uh, but Korg, being a, being the leader of this small band, uh, has used his leadership feature. So it was a twelve total. A 12, I do not think, actually meets mm -mm. Arjan in any way, shape, or form. So, then, next up, Arjan. Uh, well, I don't like this person being directly in front of me uh, at all. But... Hmm. It's this person in front of me, right? Yes. There is a bugbear, or there is a bugbear that is directly in front of you. It is not Korg. Korg and, is still towards the back. Okay, but like how far toward the back? Uh, away from where you are, he would be 15 feet. 15 feet? I can work with that. I need everybody within a line between the bugbear and Korg to make a deck save. Okay. So... And everybody who is within a 5 by 30 foot line. They all fail. There were four that were in the line. Oh, well, that could have been better. Eight points of acid damage to all of them. Okay. One of the goblins that is in the back simply melts away, shrieking. The bugbear then takes the eight, no issue. Korg himself also takes the eight, and as the acid splashes onto him, you can see that, very much like Kodeth, it gets along the side of his face, and you see that the skin begins to melt, but Korg doesn't shy away from, the, from his own melting flesh, and you can see that there is actually metal underneath where his bone would be. I thought he was undead, sorry. <laughs> For my bonus action, I would like to uh, 
We're in a tight space. I'm gonna light my claws. Let's see how this goes this time. Okay. Uh, I would like to action surge. Sure. And with these flaming claws, I'm going to reach out past the bugbear uh, and point at uh, Mr. Hobgoblin friend. Okay. And uh, take a deep breath and uh, around Arjan's like mouth, his scales are gonna, uh, well, you know what? Let's, let's roll for this attack first. Does say is this seventeen? No, this is fifteen. Does fifteen hit? It does not. Hmm. Okay. Well, the scales around around his mouth are going to turn blue for a second, and he's going to exhale lightning. No, oh, just shit. a ball of lightning at him. It's chromatic orb, but it missed. And it missed. Already. This sounds good. So, then next up in the initiative tracker is going to be Korg's spellcasting friend. And Korg barks again. Uh, and you see that uh, this individual then um, takes a moment and will again try and cast a magic spell towards the group. I've already used my reaction for the round, right? That mm -hmm. is correct. Uh, I would like everybody to make a dexterity save as they cast a fourth level fireball. Plus three. Fourteen. Sixteen. Twenty-six. Okay. So everyone who got a 13 or better is going to be taking half. So... Hey, You guys also have resistance to damage with, from spells so long as you are within 10 feet of me. So you're going to take half of... Half of 29. Is 29 the total damage? Yes. Okay, because I failed. Okay, so that would be half to 14. Corey gets and 14 and then... Seven. And then we would get seven. Uh, I need the person who casts that to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Oh shit, and I also have resistance because fire damage. So seven damage. Uh, Do you get double I don't I don't think resistance stacks. Okay. But that's fine. Double check that. I do it if it's from different sources. Those will be different sources. Yes. <laughs> so they got a 17 uh okay they'll be take so uh as uh the room gets engulfed in flame uh arjan is still going to be standing tall against the flame and it's just going to like direct the flame back at him nice uh he's going to be taking half of 12 points of fire damage okay so cx uh, and if he's a hobgoblin, I think they have resistance to fire. But... They do not. Okay. They're just red. 
Mm. Oh, that's tieflings. Yeah. That's racist. <laughs> All right. So that was it a little bit for <laughs> their turn. Next up is you hear a cry of Briark as a small scampering figure actually rushes forward past Korg. Uh, it is a goblin who is then going to try and come up towards you, Corey, and do a heckin' stab. That's a 17? Misses. Misses? Okay. Or no, sorry, because they are fueled by Corey's leadership, so 19. Yes, a 19 would hit. Okay, sounds good. So you are going to be taking seven points of piercing damage as they begin to stab into your thigh. Reduced to four. Okay. Sounds good. So that was it for their turn. Next up is Gwen. Uh, Gwen is going to have a moment to herself. Uh, this is the part where she normally would rage. She cannot rage, so she's kind of gathering herself. And she kind of just thinks, What do you say, Grayskull? You still with me? Always. Cool. And uh, for the first time, while well, she's not raging, Gwen is going to manifest Grayskull in front of her. Uh, 15, well, he can be up to 15 feet away from me. But uh, I'm going to have him uh, next to Korg. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to have him next to the, the caster. Okay. Um, and then Gwen is going to run up to the um, run up to Korg and attack him twice with the run tax. Okay. Um, how far apart are, is the caster and Korg? They are all of five feet apart. It seemed like the caster was directly next to Korg. And this caster is wearing this almost wine-colored robe that seems to be laden with eyes. Gross. Actual eyes? You're not sure. You're not close enough. Gwen, these eyes look like they are moving around, like they are always scanning for something. Well, I have a jacket full of pockets, so uh, I'm going to, uh, just as a clarification, I'm going to have him uh, as far away from Korg as possible while still engaged with this caster. Okay. Um, and then Gwen's going to attack. Normal attacks, because I can't recklessly attack. That's crooked. That's not good. How's a 10? 10 does not hit. Okay. And uh 24? A 24 does hit. Okay. Six damage. Ah, raging sucks! <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So Korg will take that. And uh, do you have Does it else? seem to not do as much damage as I think? Uh, it like seems Like when people be, normally hit me? <laughs> no. It seems to be doing the same amount of damage. Okay. Uh, or at least an expectant amount of damage if anything you're just like is this what hitting people while not raging feels like <laughs> like it's ah! it's weird uh, ah. at the end of your turn Korg is going to use a legendary action and he is going to make an attack towards you okay oh, fuck. so 
when does a 21 hit? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. So that is going to be for... Total of eight. And then he has a martial advantage. That is eight and then... What does that mean? So a total of 21 points of slashing damage. Total, total? Yes. Okay. Math. Got it. All right. So, Gwen, that was your go. Oh, Next so close. up is Caleb. Fuck. Um, I guess Caleb is going to according to the goblin rush up next to the caster what nothing okay i'm going to cast my make a melee attack using the rune trap which is basically booming blade on him for a 21 21 hits uh, i should cut this Five and six, six necrotic damage. No, sorry, um, eleven necrotic damage to them. Okay. And if they move, they take another two d eight. Sounds good. Yeah. At the end of your turn, Korg is going to use a legendary uh, legendary action to make an attack against you. As he and the caster are right next to each other. That is a natural 20. Cool. So with his great sword, he's going to deal 23 points of slashing damage. I'm still fine. Okay. So, Calum, that was your turn. Next up, one of these large lumbering figures uh, comes from behind Korg. And we'll actually reach out with an incredibly long arm and we'll try and make an attack towards uh they will try and make an attack towards Grayskull, actually. Okay. That is a twenty-two to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay. And the Echo has one HP, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. So this morning star swings out and Grayskull's spectral form then dissipates. <laughs> just from the other side, you just hear Gwen go, <laughs> suck a dick! Okay. Sounds good. Then next up is Corey. Corey, you have seen Calum run directly towards a group of goblinoids. Uh, Gwen is also fighting a enemy who she has stated that she would like to murder on multiple occasions. Um, I would love to park myself next to that spellcaster. Is there any way I can do that? There is now that there is not a lumbering ghost of Grayskull there. I would love to go and park myself right where that lumbering ghost of Grayskull was before. 
Uh, do I provoke any uh, attacks of opportunity by doing so? Uh, you do from the goblin. Who tries. That's about all they do. Poor all little right. baboo. <laughs> I'm going to attack said spellcaster. Attack number one um, is a flat 10. I don't think that's going to hit. No. Uh, attack number two is slightly better with a 24. Oh, yeah, that'll hit. All right. So um, I'm going to do a smite on this attack, as is my right. Um, so a 10 slashing damage and 8 radiant damage. 10 and 8. All right. They are still up. That's fine. I'm here. Okay. And at the end of your turn, Korg will use his third legendary action. Uh, and once again, use it for an attack. Uh, he is going to... I think at this point, Korg is actually going to continue his assault on Kalem. That uh is a 11 no okay i assumed so uh so that was it for the legendary action but then there are two goblins that then get to go who are then going to run up towards you gwen uh and they are or actually these ones are going to rush into the room and they are going to go towards the back where arjan is gwen you can make an attack of opportunity against one of these uh creatures as they scurry by are these poor unfortunate souls are they just little like little duders who like are trying to impress the boss but they're gonna get killed in like two seconds who okay. knows one of them could be a goblin assassin with Let's 17 d6 poison damage uh how's a uh 24 that'll hit well 21 sorry uh <laughs> for 13 damage okay that goblin goes down <laughs> oh shit Stop. and it oh. seems like the goblin that was following up doesn't even pay attention to the fact that the one in front of him has just been cut in such a fashion. And they are going to rush up towards Arjan and they are going to make a heckin' stab towards Yi. And that is for a 15? No. Okay. And then lumbering from the back is another one of these bugbears who is going to come forward and they are going to try and smack down with a morning star on you, Gwen. And that is a 21 to hit. That hits. Okay. So this bugbear. Oh bugbear. Is going to deal. They are going to be dealing 13 points of piercing towards you. I have to remember not to have it. <laughs> yes. This is just a flat 13. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so weird. All right. So back at the top of the round, it's Korg. And Korg is going to look towards you, Gwen. 
and you see that the flesh that had melted off of the side of their face begins to regrow as it seems like they are beginning to heal on their own as these scars that they have along their body glow very dully again. They are then going to make a series of attacks towards you. So the first attack is a natural 20. <laughs> Don't dance at me. This is it. my nemesis. Come on. I'm going to eat it. We don't celebrate the bad guys. <laughs> you guys don't, but man, sometimes it feels good to be bad. We celebrate one bad guy, but her name is Billie Eilish. <laughs> She's a bad guy. <laughs> uh... For 49 points of slashing. Ow. That was the first attack? Yep. It's fine. Second attack. That is a 19 on the die. Oh, yeah. All right, so... Gwen's supposed to get hit. Just not like this. Eight not points. Like this. Oh, slashing. Gwen goes down. I was at six. And Korg will smirk as he watches your body fall onto the ground. And he is going to then swing his greatsword over uh, towards... Corey, you had rushed up as well, correct? Say Corey? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Does he have to move? He does not. Okay. Yeah. As Corey. Because he was right next to his spellcaster. Or he would, but he's just going to step over your body, Gwen. He and takes then... 1d8 thunder damage. Okay. From the echo gauntlets, which never get to use because fucking. He takes four. Five. What? He takes four points of thunder. Okay. Yeah. Did and you roll then... it? Yeah, it was a four. Okay. I rolled it, and you were like, four. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> uh, okay. So then... Do you make power moves over here? All right, fine. Let's go. And then the third attack uh, does not hit against Corey. So then next up is the, bug is the hug bear that's right up on Arjan who is also going to try and make an attack towards Yi. That is a 18 to hit. That will hit. Okay, and that will be for eight points of piercing damage. It's fine. Okay, Arjan, it is your turn. You have seen Gwen go down and then Korg just steps over her body. Uh, Corey, do you have a reaction that you would like to use? On, for, for, why? Why? What reaction because, am I supposed to use? 
would you like to make another attack as a reaction? Uh, yes, I can. That's fine. Yes, okay. I could use it. So Arjan is going to swipe out with uh, his claws, like trying to grab the bugbear and like bring him down. He's going to miss. <laughs> uh, why did I try melee fighting? Um, he's going to forego his second attack and also use his bonus action. <laughs> Uh, to let Corey use her reaction, because that, fuck the action economy. Uh, <laughs> you can make you can make one attack against uh Cork or the spellcaster. Which one do you want? I'm gonna try and down the spellcaster if I can. And, spellcaster uh, looks very very not good. I'm good. And you can add one to the roll. Ha <laughs> Okay. Um, well, this is probably going to hit on account of the fact that it is a 23. Oh, yeah. 23 totally hits. And I don't think right. there's any way you can do less than two points of damage. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's not less than two points of damage. It's... You make me do the math. Nine damage. Okay. Nine slashing damage for my good friend, the spellcaster. All right. Sounds good. Is, uh, is he down? He is. He's super down. Okay. Like cool. I said, I don't him. think that you can do any. I don't think you can do less than two. So he did. Cool. I'm good. Yeah. And that was Arjan's action, bonus action, and Corey's reaction. So. I think that's my turn. Okay. Uh, Arjan, at the end of your turn, Korg is going to use a legendary action to whip around his greatsword, uh, and he is going to try and strike out against Cory. And that is... It misses. <laughs> Not very good. Next up... It would be that spellcaster. Instead, it is the goblin that was initially on Cory, and they are going to rush up towards you, Arjan. So you have two goblins and a bugbear that are on you, and they yep. are going to try and make a stab. Mm -hmm. They rolled a two on the die. That's not going to get them anywhere. Yeah, you're you're looking for a seventeen. Yeah, I can't do that. So that is it for that goblin's turn. Next up, Gwen. Seven. Oh, one. Okay. Cool. <laughs> don't roll one. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't add anything to that, right? No. All right. So mark a fail on your death saving throws. Next up is. Next up is Calum. Uh, Calum reaches down, and he's going to cast Cure Wounds at 4th level. Because I'm a Grave Domain Cleric, you get the max, so Gwen is up by 35. So, Korg is standing between you and Gwen. Oh, bonus action. Blessing of the Raven Queen to step <laughs> behind them. Okay. There we go. I have a question. Gwen, yeah. Okay, go, no, finish your turn, and then I'll ask the question. I will stand between Korg and Gwen with a shield raised while she gets herself together, and that's my turn. Okay. 
Korg will use his second legendary action for the round and make an attack towards you, Kalem. And that is a 15. Does not hit. Okay. The greatsword hits the shield and Kalem goes, Is that all you got? And you see... That means so sexy, Kalem! <laughs> Korg is very, very pleased with how this is going. So then that is Calum's turn. Next up, uh, Calum, now that you have moved and the spellcaster has also been dropped, one of these other bugbears is going to make their way out of this hallway and actually fill into the space. And with their reach, yes. Oh, he has reach. Okay. Yes. Because bugbears are silly. have long arms. Yeah, yeah. they got the lang- they got the ganglies. Uh, they are going to also strike out towards you with a mor- uh, with their morning star. Or yeah, and that is not enough. It is not a vibe. Next up, Corey. Corey is here. Uh, she's gonna attack uh, Korg. Okay. Ah. Um. Twenty-one. Okay. 21 will hit. Cool. All right. Um, that's going to be 10 slashing damage with a smite of 8 radiant damage. Second attack is an 17. A 17 does not hit. Okay. That's it for me. Okay. So, Corey, at the end of your turn, Korg... Uh, is going to look towards Calum with there is almost joy in his eyes as he brings his greatsword up and he is going to try and strike out towards you. And that is a 21 to hit. Okay. For... It's going to be 20 points of slashing. 10. Got it. Okay. So then there are there's one bugbear and one goblin who get to go. And one of those goblins is on Arjan. And that is a natural one. They're just like doing knife hands towards you. I kick him off me. Oh, yeah. Very easily. And the bugbear was the one that had initially swatted out against uh, the Grayskull Phantom, is then going to also try and strike out towards Cory. And that's a fail. Did not succeed. So then next up is the start of the round with Korg. And Korg is going to, with their greatsword, rise up, and their focus seems to be on you now, Kalem. And that is a 16 to hit. Meet and beat. Okay. Sounds good. So, that is for... For 25 points of slashing. Reduced to 
half. Okay. Okay. Then they are going to make a second attack towards you. And that is a 27 to hit. Yep. For 10 points. Reduced to 5. And then third attack. For a 23 to hit. No. For 13 points of slashing. That's 6, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then next up is the bugbear that is still on Arjan. He's been trying his heckin' best. There are two goblins and a bugbear that are currently on him. And, you know, they're they're trying. Uh, Jesus. God damn. Uh, so that is a not enough. That's not a 17. All right. So then next up, Arjan. How's Korg looking? Korg is looking fine. Uh, okay. I would very much like to use my bonus action to uh, hex this bugbear in front of me. Okay. Uh, and give him disadvantage on uh, wisdom. Sure, sure. Uh, I would like to use uh, Green Flame Blade and make an attack against this bugbear. Sure, sure. Uh, nine, well, an 11 is probably not going to hit. No, it does not. That's my turn. Okay. So at the end of your turn, Korg will use a legendary action once again on your wizard. That is a natural 20. That is for 23 points of slashing damage. Oh, yeah, reduced to half. How's Caleb looking? He's fine. He's at 14, but, like, he's been tanking these blows. Like, nobody's business. Okay. Sounds good. So that was it for his turn. Next up is... A goblin that is currently on Arjan. That's a natural one. That's not going to work. And then, do, 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 Gwen. Hey, me. Uh, Gwen is going to uh, use 15 feet to stand, well, half, yeah, 15 to stand up. She's gonna pull, whip out her runt axe, and then she's going to uh, like throw a hand out, like she's gonna throw Gray Skull over to where uh, Arjan is, um, and uh, a different Goliath comes out. I have other Goliaths prepared. Okay, okay good. Like. So yes, a different Goliath comes out, and she's like. Uh so the Goliath that appears this time when this Goliath emerges appears in a crack of thunder. It is a female Goliath who stands proud. 
you can see that she has wave-like patterns that are tattooed along her shoulder blades and she carries the runt axe in her hands this time and you see that she with unerring accuracy just brings it up and then begins the process of sinking it down okay um that is something we're gonna have to deal with later uh she is going to down a potion of greater healing okay as her action bonus action action and uh uh am i i'm still within five feet of uh what's his face you are not Calum oh, no. has interposed himself between you and your enemy. Okay. Uh, He's aggressively not... T-posing. <laughs> I will not uh, get in the way. I'll just stay behind him then. I'll kind of sh just shift over a little bit so I can see what's going on. Um, and then I heal. Okay. Sounds good. At the end of your turn... Legendary action uh -huh. is going to make an attack towards Caleb. That is a 26 to hit. Do it. Jeez. For 11 points of slashing. Okay. So, Gwen, that was you. Next up is this other bugbear who is also standing here they are going to make a strike out towards k no it is caleb's or? turn yes it is caleb's uh, turn sorry i got ahead of myself in the initiative order well, thanks man you're welcome uh never more life hunt at third level for 25 that hits Twenty-four points of psychic damage to the man. Okay. And I heal for half. Uh oh, that's nope, nope, that's a death. Hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Uh do I have a bonus action? I don't have any other bonus actions I can take, so yeah, that's it. And as you cast this towards Korg, Korg looks at you and just says, interesting, and is going to rear up with their greatsword and use a legendary action to strike out at you. That is a 19 to hit. It's 13 points of slashing. Not reduced. Okay, then the bugbear that is there is also going to strike out towards you. That is a 19 on the die. Mm -hmm. They are going to deal max damage for 14 points of piercing. Good night, everybody. Boy goes down? Uh, he's at six. Gotcha. All right, so that next up is Corey. that cork doesn't look too bad does he no doesn't look bad at all not particularly have we noticed anything that hurts him more or stops the healing process 
there doesn't seem to be anything more or is stopping his healing process necessarily. And it seems like when your attacks are able to get past this floating shield that he has, it is the sound that comes from cutting into his body is the sound of metal striking against metal. I'm going to attempt to grapple him. Okay. So I need you to oppose. All right, you will have disadvantage because you only have one arm. Uh, that's true. Oh my god! Yeah. That's two natural 20s. Blah, 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 blah! Blah, 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 blah! I, I did the first one and I was all like, oh yeah. He fails. Holy shit. Okay, um, so I'm... I'm just gonna get my arm around his neck and start trying to pull him back away from Calum. Okay. So I'm gonna move him backwards a little bit. About as far as I can get him. Okay. And that's my turn, I reckon. All right. I mean, unless you can replace one of your attacks with a... It would be a shove, but you've grappled him. Okay. I, I've I've got him grappled. I think that's I think that's all I can do. Okay. Uh, when you're grappled, what does the condition say? Your speed is reduced to zero. So you cannot move him while he is grappled. Oh, are you sure I can't move him? If your speed the grappled creature uh, hit, so since he has the grappled condition applied to him, his speed is reduced to zero. Gotcha. Before he herself is not grappled. Gotcha. All right. So I yeah. I'm Korg, just gonna move him back is going to click his tongue in annoyance that you would grapple him and he is going to then use his legend his third legendary action this turn to strike out towards you that is a 20 to hit that'll hit for 16 points of slashing damage okay Alrighty. Then we got a bugbear and a goblin, and this bugbear is going to strike out towards the wizard with a natural one, though. I don't think that that is going to do very much. And then one of the goblins that has just been hanging out with Arjan uh, is going to try his heckin' best. And that is... Goddamn. Goblins, man. It's not enough. It's not a 17. Are you using different dice or are you just getting really lucky with the... I'm getting really lucky with Korg and no one else. <laughs> That's amazing! Look, he's he's the he's the villain of the piece. <laughs> like... Alright. So, then next up is Korg's turn. And their wounds heal. And they are going to strike out towards Cory. That is a 25 to hit. That is... For 26 points of slashing damage. Second attack. Okay. 
That is not enough. It was a 13. And that's a 14. So two out of three attacks. Did no work. Next up is the bugbear that has been on Arjan. That is a seven to hit. So that's not going to do anything. Next up is Arjan. Wow, good to die. Is that, that totally means something, right? Uh, green flame blade again. Okay. 17. Okay, a 17 will certainly hit. Okay, okay. I need different dice for this. Uh, it's going to be a d4 plus 2 for the... No. <sighs> I didn't pull my dice out. Okay. Uh, it's going to be 3 points of slashing damage. Okay. 4 points of fire damage from the Hemiocraft. And is this on the bugbear? Yes. Okay. Um, that's the D6. Give me a moment. Two points of necrotic damage from Hex. And... Seven points of fire damage from the actual green flame blade. Ooh. A goblin next to him takes eight points of fire damage. That goblin is from, incinerated. From a second pair of, or a second claw attack that just manifests out of the ether. Nice. I dig it. Arjan, after... That was my action. Nice. For my bonus action, uh, no, I don't think I can do anything. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. They are going to use Korg is going to use a legendary action to strike out against Corey for a twenty-seven to hit, and then that is going to be for seventeen points of slashing. Okay. Actually, for my bonus action, I would like to move the hex to Korg. Okay. And he has disadvantage on Hua. I I have to choose the ability to win if I cast a spell, so it's gotta be it's gotta still be wisdom. Okay. But the bugbear is fine from the hex, right? Oh, the bugbear's not dead. No, it was the goblin. No, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. no. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Never mind. Gotcha. Got he. Okay. Speaking of, uh, it is the one other goblin that's still on you. Because you had had two goblins, but now it is just one goblin and one bugbear. Come on, crit, little guy. We're rooting for you. <laughs> Yeah. is a 18 to hit. So Arjan, you take three points of piercing damage. Does not break my concentration. 
Awesome. I need you to make a constitution save. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is what I was saying. This is what I was saying. But he can't be poisoned, right? No. Oh, wait. He's immune to acid or resistant to acid. I'm resistant to acid. Uh, 20. Okay, so you are going to be taking half of this. Shouldn't have rooted for him. I'm sorry. I just felt bad for him. <laughs> You'll be taking half of 20 poison damage. <gasps> Do I need to make another const uh, uh, concentration? What was the con save before that you got? Because uh, it would. 18. 18 plus 4, 22. Yeah, you'd be fine then. Because it was all bundled up in the same in the initial stab. Okay. Yeah. You will. So then next up is Gwen. Yay! Gwen's gonna do things. Uh Gwen is going to uh step up to uh this to Korg. She's gonna say, hey, my name's Korg. <laughs> Starting a revolution. You won't come. <laughs> Didn't make enough pamphlets. It's all right. Um, and she's gonna uh, attack him. Uh, doesn't that probably doesn't hit us? Fifteen does not. And then the second attack is less than that. Um, and she's gonna be like, "Dude, fuck it." <laughs> And with her bonus action, she's gonna uh, like reach her hand out towards this uh, other um, Goliath, and you see Gwen just go, and then a light, and the Goliath is there, and Gwen and the Goliath switch places. Okay. Nice. And and then I will use as a. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as uh, another thing that I can do, I'm going to un uh, unleash the Incarnation's Fury. So, uh, that's not how you say that word, but uh, the Echo is going to make an attack. So, you made two attacks, and then it was a bonus yep. action to switch. Yep. Whenever you take an attack on your action, you can make one additional melee attack from the Echo's position. Nice. Yeah. All uh, right, let me just double check the, um, it's 14. So does that mean the Echo gets two attacks on top? Uh, or is it just the one attack? You can make one additional melee attack, uh, which is with my stuff. Okay, sorry. I was like, where's the attack stuff? Yeah. It went off the table. You like to just go flying. Does a 17 hit? A 17 does not hit Korg. Cute. Well, she there. All right. She pretty. You guys are confused. Gwen, after you swap places with your Echo, you notice that there is a wave pattern that, uh, similar to that that is rolling off of this female Goliath's shoulders that is becoming apparent on the runt axe. Boss. All right, and Korg is going to use a legendary action to attack Corey. That is not enough. 
That's a bad dice. Set that over there. All right, so then next up is Calum. Here we go. These are getting really dicey. Hey. Hey. Um. Calum, you have a bugbear directly on you, and Korg is being regretfully pulled away. Oh, I'm turning on the bugbear then. He's okay. getting a fifth leveled Nevermore to his face. Okay. For a natural 20. Here we nice. go. Nice. Did I put it? No, I didn't put it away. Cool. Sorry, 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 sorry. 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 Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Why didn't that go? That's too many. That's Sorry. Uh, for 53 points a second. He's fucking dead. Caleb reaches up, grabs the dude's arm, and um, the red thread uh, whips out and encases it. And he does like a judo throw on the ground. Nice. And then tears the arm away and there's some life essence there. Yucky. Alright, so that dude is dead. Then Craig is going to use... Or did you have a bonus action? No. Okay. I scream. That's a free, though. <laughs> Sounds good. Korg is going to use their third legendary action for the round to once again try and strike out towards Corey. That is an 18 to hit. Exactly. Okay. All right, Corey, you are going to be taking 17 points of slashing damage. All right. Reduce 14. I'm at six hit points. Okay. Well, it is also now the other remaining bugbear's turn, because there was the one that is on Arjan, and then there was yet one still remaining. They... Wasn't that the one that he just killed? No, so he killed a goblin. There were three bugbears in total. Only three one of them has died. And they are going to, seeing that their friend has died, they are going to strike out against the squishy, squishy, unarmored-looking individual, uh, or relatively unarmored individual. So, Kalem, that is in 18. He hits. For 13 points of piercing damage. Thanks. Okay. So then, Corey. Oh, wait. Did that bugbear have to leave, though? So does Arjan get an attack of opportunity? No, because there was one bugbear on Arjan, and then there were two up near the front. Oh, there was two. Okay. Yes. So, Korg and I are technically not in the same five... You are not in the same square. Square. So if I cast Create Bonfire on him, would I have to also make saves for that unless create bonfire deals an aoe when it first starts but it's within that five yeah. foot square and you'd be right. fine i'm going to cast create bonfire on him he needs to make a deck save okay that's a natural 20 cool he makes it it stays up though okay little foot fire that's my turn he seems nonplussed that's fine 
so... can be as plussed as he wants to be. <laughs> this is that's some tall words when it's his turn. <laughs> All right, so Corey, since you have proven a thorn in Korg's side, that is a another eighteen to hit. Yep. Okay. For a total of 13 points of slashing damage. All right, I'm down. And Korg is going to look down towards you and look over towards Kalem. And he shakes his head in a from side to side and you see that he still has this sickening smile on his face and he is just going to pull his great sword up and stab down he passes that ac so Corey, take two failed death saves all right and he is going to use his third attack to repeat the same function all right. And then he is going to, after he, it is the one swift down with his great sword, and then he twists it, lifts the blade up, and he is going to begin casually walking over towards you, Calum, until he is also next to you. Oh, uh, he provokes. Yep. Okay. From myself because of my polar master feat. And also from the ghost. Different ghost. Fucking. Oh! Natural 20. Okay. Cool beans. Does a 21 hit? A 21 does hit. No, mine. Oh, sorry, honey. Uh, that's a uh, thirteen damage. Oh, that's the wrong dice. He takes forty-five psychic. Okay. And then, how much does he take from you, Gwen? Thirteen. Okay. Cork now looks bloodied. So, that was it for Korg's turn. Next up is the bugbear that's still on Arjan. That is a... Oh, wait! <gasps> I get to maybe hit him! No, I don't. He got a 16. He's one away from hitting our dragon. So that is it for his turn. Next up, Arjan. Green flame. Fourteen. A fourteen against the bugbear does not hit. That's my turn. Okay. After your turn. 
Korg will use a legendary action to make an attack towards Caleb. That is a 24 to hit. It's. That is for 13 points of slashing. Up. Oh shit! The one goblin! They try and stab Arjan. This is for a 22 to hit. The poison has already left their blade, so it is for 7. Hex is still up. Okay. Sounds good. So next up, Gwen. Um. Gwen, Corey is not moving. And it is very clear that Korg has left this. He dealt a finishing blow. Yeah. Um, is there so what is between us and the way out? Like, Korg. is Calum on the door side? He is close to the door side. He could pivot around Korg and make his way out if if mm -hmm. need be. There's still two bugbears up. There are. There are two bugbears, one goblin, and Korg. I was about Korg to say, I can't bloody. take that hit. <laughs> oh, I know. Um... Shit. Okay, uh, she's going to look to Arjan uh, with wide eyes. Gwen isn't normally very like strategic in combat because she's um, not usually in the right mind space. Uh, so she's going to say, uh, we need to go. And uh, she's in melee with two of them? Yes. A bugbear and a goblin. Okay. She is going to use her movement. Uh, she's going to get away from them. So if they need to make the reaction, that's okay. fine. That is a 17 to hit from the goblin. Yep. You deal seven points of stabby damage. Okay. And the bugbear... Got a three on the dice. Cool. Uh, she will slide uh, over and pick up Corey. And uh, probably that's all of her movement. And she will use her bonus action to uh, second wind, just in case. And... God, for being a fighter. Um, I, I guess uh, just uh, give Calum the we gotta go eyes. Wait, I, I still have an action, right? Your movement? You said bonus no. action to pick up Corey. Corey, you don't have no. to use a bonus action to pick up at this point. My bonus action was to um, second wind. Got it. 
So yeah, I'll use my um I'll use my movement to get to the door and I will make the echo move to the door with me. Okay. Cute. Sounds good. So, Gwen, at the end of your turn, Korg mm -hmm. will use a legendary action. Take a reaction against the against the echo, since it was next to him. No. Okay. And he looks towards you, Gwen, before he makes an attack, and he says, you can choose one. And he will make his attack towards Calum. For a 26 to hit. It's... And that is for 15 points of slashing. What is your health? I've been healing okay. off of Nevermore Life Hunt. Gotcha. This is specifically why I made it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So. I'm at 13, just so you know. Gotcha. I've been hovering here for the last 12 turns. Next up, Caleb. <sighs> How bloody does he look? He looks like he still has quite a bit of fight in him. I can't move from here. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm getting asked. Axed. All right. New strategy. New plan. New. I'm going to shift behind him, but still in threatened range so he doesn't get the. Like, more towards the door. Okay. Pop in a fifth level, nevermore. Does a 17 plus 6, 22. 22 hits. For 29 points of psychic. Okay. That's my turn. All right. He will use another legendary action to strike out towards you. For 27 to hit. Yes, sir. And that is for 16 points of slashing damage. I'm still up. Next up is the other bugbear. That is still close towards your group. And they are also going to strike out towards you. That's a 12, so I'm guessing that does not hit. Nope. All right. So then it would be Corey. So we go back to the top of the round. And Korg is going to make an attack towards you, Kalem. And that is a 14 to hit. Nope. Okay, second attack. 28. Yep. Okay. 
So, for a total of 17 points of slashing. And down. And he will also raise his blade and sink it towards Caleb. And then he begins walking over towards Arshon. Uh, as he does so, he finds that Calum has put like a death grip around the handle. Okay. And he will take his boot and just push you off. He is now next to Arshon. Next up is the bugbear that is also next to Arshon. That is a 25 to hit for, for nine points of piercing damage. And then Arjan. I have a Hail Mary. I'd like to use my bonus action to cast Hex again on Korg, giving him disadvantage on strength checks. Okay. I would like to f to use my movement to fly up over him. Not without, not outside of his reach. Probably outside of the reach of the goblin and the bugbear. Okay. So the goblin and the bugbear will try and provoke. Or strike out towards ye. The bugbear misses and the goblin just hits for seven points of piercing damage. Yeah, I'm good. I want to try to stuff cork in a bag of holding. Okay. So, and he has disadvantage on strength checks. He does. So, what is your strength to shove him in? Six. Korg got an 11. <laughs> okay. And then I would like to use the rest of my movement to fly toward Gwen. Okay. Korg got a 16 to try and hit you. He misses. Okay. So he's now on the other side of the room. You guys have proven, have managed to actually escape with some distance. Calum is still on the ground. Next up is Gwen. Oh boy, they're on the other side of the room. They are on the other side they of the are. room. Yes. On your side of the room is Arjan, who has flown, uh -huh. Corey's body, and uh -huh. Calum on the ground. 
Solid. I'm going to throw the Sunforger at him. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make it hit the wall so that that it... Or no, I'm going to make it hit the ceiling. Hopefully it will, uh, you know, collapse everything in on them. Uh, yeah. Where are all my dice? They're all down here. Oh, they're all my d6. Okay. So, that's... They need to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Okay. Korg got a natural 20. Okie dokie. Goblin got a... Goblin got a 17, and the bugbear got a 19. Okay. They all make it, so they all take half of 17 damage. Okay. Excuse me. Um, Gwen is going to... Goblin's dead. Doesn't. Uh, let me just double check something. Um, same size. Um, it is an echo, so it could not pick up Calum, but Gwen can. So Gwen's going to pick up Calum and Corey. Okay. <laughs> Parts of them are dragging. Uh, well, does Cor does Calum have a healing potion on him? Could be somewhere, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I, she, I mean, she doesn't have an action to do that, so she's just Corey has pick a healing potion on her. What? Corey has a healing potion. I think we all have healing potions on us. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm going to get that available uh, because I used my action and my bonus action. Right? Action was no? to throw Sunforger. Yeah. Pick up Calum. Was it free? And it's, yeah. it's a full action to use a potion, right? Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to... Uh, use my movement to go up the stairs while leaving the uh the goliath in the stairwell okay and oh uh, yeah with the sunforger roll a d100 you're looking to get a 75 or higher oh man awesome. i've never rolled a d100 on these guys let's see how's a 93 as has happened, every single time Gwen has thrown the Sunforger while underground, the ceiling begins to shudder and shift as rocks and other debris begin to fall onto the edge of the room where Korg and his crew are. And... Debris is now falling atop them as Gwen, you carry Calum and Corey outside of the room. Arjan, you are watching this debris fall upon these enemies as well. 
So then next up, after Gwen does that, Calum. Or of uh, Buzzkill doesn't work when Corey's down, right? It does not. Cool. Next. What did you get? Nine. Okay. Sounds good. So then next up is one of the bugbears who is currently getting trapped. Then it would be Corey's turn. And Korg is yelling very loudly as he is getting covered by this debris. We are going to go out of combat at this point. As when you are rushing up the stairs, Arjan, you, if you would like, can follow behind. You know, based off of the effects of your hex, that Cork is not dead. He is trapped. He is angry. He is underground beneath many, many, many pounds of dirt. But he is not dead. And as the two of you make your way towards the surface out of this small, uh, out of this small secret passageway, the room is filled with smoke. In order to get past the wall of vines and plant growth that Corey had placed in front of this passageway, the Hobgoblin Devastator threw out a fireball in order to actually blast their way in to the secret passage. That fire then spread to the decayed plant life that existed within the bronze chamber. And as you arrive out, the room is thick with smoke and the only thing that you can see are flames rising higher around the statue of Nomura you can see that there is an exit strategy. There is a way that you can make your way out of here. And Gwen, as you and Arjan are running, you can't tell if it is sweat, but the shoulder that you are carrying Kalamon is cold. And as you continue to run, Calum's body begins to dissipate. He begins to melt on your shoulder. And as you run, his body steadily disappears, leaving behind only his gear and a pool of water. I'm going to have Arjan pick it up. I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, Arjun's just like trying to put all the gear into the bag of holding. Uh, she'll shoulder Corey over, over yeah. both of her shoulders now. Uh, I'm trying to determine what the best way for her to actually carry someone is, because if she fire fireman carries, their arms and legs will drag. 
it's it's Corey good yes should we put Corey in the bag of holding what as we are running Gwen, Gwen's fine just carrying this Do we, I'm sorry, do we have to make it through fire? The flames are rising higher. At this uh -huh. point, you will need the more time that you spend shoving people into bags of holding, gathering uh -huh. gear, that sort of thing. You will begin to need to make constitution uh, constitution saves as you are breathing in a lot of smoke. Uh, uh get, get, yeah, go ahead, I guess. I put Cory in the bag of holding. Sloop. Uh, can we can we make Bust it out? out? Yes, I need you both to make uh, Constitution saves. Uh, is this 17. a poison effect sort of thing? This is breathing in smoke. This is not a poison. It's kind of a poison. Um, twenty-two. Are, okay, we're both. Are, are we? Are we making progress? Yes, or you are do... making you are making quick progress. And as you make your way back into the central chamber, you are able to quickly head out of this front gate, uh, or at least you make it to the front gate, and then you remember that Caleb had locked it to prevent people from getting in. Gwen, very so, quickly and easily. Um, the. It's open air gate, right? It is an open air gate. Arjan, if you would like, you could even pick Gwen up. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm picking up Gwen, and we are flying, and we are hopefully going to fly out to the boat. <laughs> but at okay. 20 or 30 feet per second, uh, or for six seconds, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> at, at some point, Gwen will uh, grab the Sunforger back. Okay. Uh, because the Botanical Garden it rests next to Cliffside, uh very easily arjan are you able to just sail up down and over off the side of the cliff and as the two of you continue to sail outward looking back you can see smoke is rising from the botanical garden and if memory serves based off of the gold coin table you know roughly where olivia's ship is it will take, at this point, about 45 minutes to an hour of flying, Arjan, as okay. you are not uh, not the quickest flying creature, but you can still fly nonetheless as the two of you make your way through the air, and in the distance, you can hear what sounds like war horns being blown. What the fuck happened to Calum? Can I uh make an arcana uh, check? Can I can okay. Twenty-five. Do I is this a simulacra? You feel like this is. I've had about stronger wizards who can make copies of themselves. They're called simulacra, and they're always made of snow. So that was, that wasn't Caleb. I don't think so. So Caleb's fine. 
if we've been traveling with the Simulacra this entire time, I have no idea if Caleb's fine. He died once before, and he wasn't that, right? Right. So, some point between then and now... We got a Simulacra. Oh my god! The demons! He's been with the demons! Fuck. All right, get to Oliviet, get Corey back. It'll be fine. We'll be everything will be fine. Then we have to fucking shit. How long has he been there? Since uh Vermin Bane. Since Vermin Bane. What is it? What the fuck the fuck is Graybeard's name? Vermin Bane was his last name. Right. Ruddick. Ruddick. Vermin Bane. This is Cybeth Reddick. What? Jesus. Then where the fuck is he? We can trace him, right? We can track him. I can't. Why not? I can't do that, Gwen. But he's a fae, right? Yeah. I mean, if... I mean, sort of. Well, yeah, I mean, like I, technically, he, elves are humanoids. I, if I'm trying to track a fey creature, then sure, if I know where they've been. Well, we a, know where he's been. We go back to that town. What? Look, we we have we know that he's out there somewhere. Someone will be able to look in on him or something. We'll get Corey back. She'll be able to track him. I'm sure. Maybe. I th- Maybe, yeah. Arjan, Caleb's probably in a lot of trouble, and he's probably- I know. I know. I know. So we have to try. I know. We can do it. You're listing. Can you- Oh, mm-hmm. are your eyes closed? You gotta pay attention, dude. First things first. Let's get Corey back. Uh, or hope that she comes back. Of course she'll come back. You say that like we have a lot of control over this. I mean, it's happened every time. This is Gwen confidence, not LB confidence. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Let's let's at least get the dragon free so that hopefully we have a quick ride back. Right, right. Does it matter how long she's been, like, the big sleep? That wholly depends on another god. Another god? I, do I know that that Corey's like coming back because of the Raven Queen? Like we've had she that. She has said right? enough. Yeah, you also yeah. saw a bunch of ravens sew her back together from ice shards. You're that assuming whole, that's Raven Queen business. That, that wholly depends on how 
generous the Raven Queen is being. Okay. Oh my god, Olivia, it's going to be so pissed. You have to tell her. Fine. No, you don't have to tell her. I was just... I'm sorry. I, I don't mean, know it's how going, to... It's, it's going to be real obvious whenever I take her out of the back. Yeah. Um... I'm so fucking tired of losing. Yeah. Well, we didn't really stand much of a shot going into this. I'm actually surprised we all, you know, we made it out. But we kind of had to. Northrons, he'll he'll be pretty quiet. Gwen okay. starts dangling her feet. And after about an hour or so, you end up seeing uh, the Moon Runner, as it were, and the crew members look up towards. Arjan, who is sailing in, and they see Gwen, and at that you can hear shouts uh, coming in, and uh, Olivette will actually come up from below deck, uh, and she will wave towards your group uh, as a signal for you to land. Yeah. Arjan comes in a little rough. Gwen rolls. Hits the deck. Hits the railing. Okay. Ah! And uh, at that point, uh, the tiefling known as Doc uh, will come over towards you, Arjan, uh, and they will begin looking you over. Um, the first mate, Edson, uh, will go over towards you, Gwen, uh, and will offer you a hand. Uh, to help stand you back up. And Oliviette looks at the two of you and you see the her lower eyelids kind of like cinch up a little bit in confusion. Where, where is Cody? Where is, where is Caleb? We lost, we lost the elves. And he'll reach into the bag and pull out Corey. And Oliviette looks at Corey. And you see something breaks inside of her. And she the the light that usually is very present in Olivia's eyes just sort of goes matte for a brief second and she you hear her say Kavas. and she before, falls before. to her knees there there is still hope for Corey yeah What um... and Olivia just is 
like cupping the side of Corey's face with a hand and she leans down and you see her put her forehead against Corey's and her shoulders are shaking and then she steadily gets back up and as she does you can see that there are wet marks that are on Corey's cheeks and Olivia's eyes typically are fairly they're drow typically have reddish eyes Olivia has always had very rich brown uh not necessarily red but you can see that she is doing her best to hold herself together and even though she has tears coming from her face she is doing nothing to try and wipe them away she is just pretending like they are not there where is Caleb? he is That's... your cleric he can fix this that is a very uh problematic question he's what are you, are you going to pull him out of your bag as well no he uh he's been not he the so... Caleb that's been traveling with us was not the real Caleb so we just found out he the all right the what he... we can do right now is we can go get a rask okay he's a powerful dragon we got time I know that this is hard, I know, but there are a lot of people who are hurt and dying on that island and we have to save them. And you know that Corey would want that. And Olivia purses her lips together and you can see that as you say this directly towards her, there is a small part underneath her cheek that twitches almost like she wants to snarl at you for speaking in such a manner towards her on her ship and in a tone you don't believe that she has probably taken since her years in the underdark did you get what you came for we did then you hurt her crew to the dragon and she will reach down and will do her best to move Corey and Edson, the Minotaur, will also come down and just sort of scoops her. Mm -hmm. And Olivier will then take Corey into the captain's quarters. And... Edson will then come back out and just sort of in the most gentle way that a minotaur can shuts the door and there is a silence on the crew except for the mutterings of uh of doc the blue-skinned tiefling who is currently in the process of like examining Arjan's wounds and like trying to apply wrappings and things like that. Edson looks at the crew and the crew just sort of seems to look back 
and he says, What are you waiting for? You are the captain, let's go! And at that, uh, the crew disperses and seems to go back to the businesses that they were doing. Corey and Arshan. Or, sorry, not Corey. <laughs> what? Blah, 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 blah. Gwen and Arjan. What are the two of you doing? As the ship begins to head towards the aisle of the uh, head towards the aisle that the hag had been on previously, you know that it is going to be a several day journey to get to that point. Gwen's gonna check on Arjan. Like just watch him. He's he's obviously not doing well. Like for the longest time, uh, it's it's just been a series of a lot of rough times for Arjan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he 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 doesn't do anything different. Arjan, he, he's just really quiet. Can you help me with something? With what? I. Um, you remember back when we were at, um, like, we were traveling north, and I helped you find your inner dragon thing? Remember how I sat on your lap and I played my flute? Yeah. Can we do that again? Okay. Um, Gwen is going to set them up at like the very front of the ship and she is going to try to commune with her spirit (laughs) okay and Gwen as you do you you realize that something has happened to the Runtax it seems like getting into contact with an with another one of these Goliath ancestral spirits has awoken something in the weapon itself. We are going to be making some revisions to the Runtax. As it now enters the Runtax level 2. <gasps> it now has the power of two goliath spirits in it since we are still uh in the process of this session i will let you know what those changes are which is while attuned to the axe your strength score becomes 20. the runt axe now counts as a plus two magical weapon oh my god you have advantage on grapple checks Y'all bitches are going down now. Okay. You got your you got your awakened vestige. I did. <laughs> Later that evening, as after Gwen, you and Arjan have communed with, uh, or at least Gwen, you have communed with your uh, new spirits. 
we pan over to Oliviette, who has Corey laid out on her bed. The armor has been taken off, and Oliviette is doing her best to clean up her lover. Corey had taken a rather grievous wound to the chest uh, in a almost diagonal-like slash that then got twisted while it was inside that was more in the center of her chest. And as Oliviette is cleaning it, it is nightfall. And what little moonlight there is, is coming through the window and is on Corey's body. And as Oliviette is cleaning, she is singing a song to herself. And she is singing in Elvish. And if we were to read the subtitles to this song as she sings, you would know that this is the day the dragon came. This is the song that Olivia knows that is about the woman that she loves. And as a tear falls from Olivia's eye onto Corey's face, the room darkens until we just see Corey. And the body is righted up. And Corey, your eyes open in this entirely dark space and standing before you are three different elven figures and these elven figures are a uh, two wood elves and a high elf and one of these wood elves you see is a bard a bard whose song was the first that you forgot roll a d6 With the three, the high elf standing between the two wood elves bows towards you respectfully, and as they do, you see their body begins to shift and alter, and with a sound that is similar to that of glass straining and breaking, you see them disappear. And as they do, you hear the two wood elves say, will you still remember us when it is your time? She looks at them and blinks a little bit for Klempt and she says, I don't know. I'm sorry. And with that, the bard who has this large, uh, this large hat that has kind of a plume sticking out of the side, almost reminiscent of Oliviette's. It is a, a minstrel's cap. They just tip their hat to you. And the other wood elf uh, also does a very cordial bow and the two of them step back. And 
as you are alone in this darkness, you feel a pain in your chest. And with that pain, you feel every nerve in your body is firing at once. And you feel solid beneath you. You feel a dampness on your cheek. You hear the sound of waves and you see a white-haired drow woman looking over you with an almost horrified expression. It is incredulous. She does not know what she has just witnessed. And Olivia then holds you close. And as she holds you close with that first gasp of fresh air again, this our view goes dark. And there is the sound of a slapping of a hand against a cheek. Calum, your eyes flicker open and you see a dwarven man. A dwarven man you are very familiar with that you once had animosity towards, but no longer looking up at you and as they do, you see a small smile spread across their face. Say, ah, my son, you have awoken. And that is where we are going to call it for tonight's session. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by and join us for this wonderful and fun jaunt through the Isle of Rask. We ended up getting the Goliath staff that we were after. It's a great time. LB has thrown her camera. Hey, RJ, where can we find you? What do you do? Hey, everybody. I'm RJ here on the channel. You can catch me at rjustice282 on Twitter and Twitch. Where I play games with some of these lovely individuals and tweet about nerdy things in my life. Um, you can catch me here on Mondays and Sundays as um, Hassan, the <laughs> Yuan T. Druid cleric. And coming up this Sunday before that session, you can catch me on G with a game night. Uh, G game night's channel with a K as I play Samic. We've converted over to Pathfinder, no, from Pathfinder to DD Fifth Edition. And also tomorrow at 10 a.m. over at the Hype Goblins channel, where we finish up our marriage ceremonies. I play a dad who just got introduced to his three-year-old grandson and my daughter-in-law. It's a good time. LB's being silent, but... If you want to find out where LB does stuff, she has her schedule at lbhackemup.com, or not .com. That's on, uh, that is her Twitter handle, so if you're curious about her schedule, she's there. Uh, she's on this game on Mondays, does stuff with RJ throughout the week, Rod of Seven Parts, on Nerd Immersion's channel with our dear friend, 
uh jordan of, jordan of the forgotten realms explained the ph is silent i don't know why you pronounce it he says it right there it's a phd it is a ph in d and d so uh lb also i believe this friday is going to be in a ghosts of Saltmarsh game on our dear friend damn it barry's channel uh so if you want to watch how uh their ghosts of Saltmarsh is different than the one that we play on this channel on thursdays i would definitely recommend going to check that out other than that she's a very busy gal has a bunch of stuff going on throughout the week denakiener.com I'm cyber, and I used to be a smoker. You can find me on Twitter at cyberwolf1201. Right now, you can hear my manic thoughts as I spiral into insanity and worry about my dog a lot. But she's okay. She's being a good girl. She's she's sleeping. She's doing a big old snoozle right now. I suppose whenever we go live on twitch.tv slash cyberwolf1201 where i play video games real badly but i talk about the lore and stuff we finished up castlevania and started the wind waker last time so if you want some nice chill wholesome cell-shaded summer vibes come for that i love your lobster jammies t-shirt by the way oh it's it's the uh it's actually the breath of the wild one but so close. yeah, maybe maybe soon I will get the the lobster thing to you know add that little bit of yeah. Uh, the archives of that go to YouTube, so if you want to see that and figure out what we're talking about, go to YouTube.com/slash/cyberwolf1201, where you can find those archives. You can find the podcast that Kyle Whitten and I do called "Let's Talk About It," uh, where we get drunk, do parkour, and talk about RPGs. Uh, there's D&D Beyond Homebrew tutorials that will soon have more episodes added to them. Maybe. I don't know. It's whenever I have the time and the spoons to record stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, for RPG stuff, I'm on the DMs Guild. I've got a Patreon where I do Xantria conversions. I'm here on Mondays where you saw me also spiral into more insanity. Uh, I'm here on Thursdays where I play a character who is very insane uh, and is trying to deal with a bunch of spirals uh and on saturdays uh i'm on prairie stars channel where i play Kurik, the druid who lied on his resume about being conversationalist and druid it's a good time yeah i'm still here uh hi everybody my name is danae keener you can find me at danaekeener.com i do nerdy drawings mostly related to dnd and a lot of things on this channel um, I'm usually here on Mondays playing as Coriander the Elegant Paladin, or now on Sundays as Baz the Drow Rogue, uh, DanaeKeener.com. Hello, everybody. If you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey, Acorns, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the indoor adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash indoor adventures. We do shows like this Mondays. Thursdays and Sundays. The first two are at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then our Sunday game is at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time because that was the soonest that I could be able to get done with work. So I apologize that it's not all at the same consistent times uh, this here around. But, um, yeah, uh i mean that's that's really it we do all sorts of stuff we got our homebrew game which you just saw we got 
our Ghosts of Saltmarsh game that Cyber's a part of, and then we also got our, our Gunpowder Fantasy Tomb of Annihilation uh, run-through that our dear friend uh, Tyler, a.k.a. Frothy Inferno, is the DM for. I would recommend watching, if not the whole episode, the first 15 minutes because the amount of alliterations that he put in was fucking insane. It was incredible. I loved it. Please go and check it out. Help support the show. It's a good time. Speaking of helping support the show, we have our Patreon-supported podcast called Knights in the Courtyard that we are going to be heading into right now. So if you are interested in checking that out, go to patreon.com slash indooradventures. The podcast will be made available for free even though it's on Patreon. So, hey, if you're thinking about finding out what the hell happened over this last session, consider going to check that out. But that is it for my end spiel. So I'd like to say, again, thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by. Thank you to these players for once again putting up with my bullshit this week. And we will see all of you guys next time. All right, everybody. Bye-bye!